0: Hello, and welcome back to the Replatform Podcast. Today, we're joined by one of my favorite brands, Jay Lindbergh, and their design and development agency, Greban. And just to introduce the guests themselves, Andreas is the head of e-com at Jay Limburg and has recently completed a replatforming project, Shopify Plus, and we'll dig into that in a second. And Anton is the CEO and founder of Greban, and is someone that I've enjoyed working with recently and respected for a long time. Um so now over to you, so Andreas, we just talked a little bit about your background and kind of coming from a multi-brand kind of resale uh, background and moving into DTC. So maybe if you can talk a little bit around kind of that pivot and then uh, also your role at Jaylimberg and then Anton, if you can then introduce Graber. Sure. thanks for having me., uh, exciting times to talk about
1: these things. Uh, yeah, I come from a pretty multi-brand. Background in retail, but from the beginning, I was uh, importing and distributing a lot of streetwear and action sport, like snowboarding, skate, skateboard, goods, uh, hardware uh, into the Nordics and a bit to the Europe in the late 90s. And then uh, started Cali Roots uh, in 2003, went live with uh, online quite quickly there as well. So I supplied to a few of the early startups within uh, selling uh, fashion and streetwear um, and sneakers uh, online as a distributor. But then opened my own uh, retail in 2003 then. And that kind of scaled. And then, uh, yeah, did that for 17 years. Sold the company like three years ago. Was with the new owners. Uh, It was uh, merged into... uh, Footway Group, a local player that has uh, footwear, sneakers, uh, basket, uh, racket sports uh, on one big platform, and uh, was there for two years. And uh, then I've been with Jay Lindenberg since last summer, and um, really excited about that this new journey. Um, headhunted to, to lead the uh, replatforming platforming uh, they didn't run the e commerce business in house before. It was a sibling company doing that. And then uh, we decided to take everything in house. So they wanted someone with an entrepreneurial uh, background to build a team and uh, re platform and get it up. And we launched a new website in uh, February. So we had a few months now and uh, with a new platform and uh, that uh, Anton and the and team uh, built for us so nicely
0: yeah that's a cool. short story lovely yeah we'll talk about that a mm-hmm. lot more over the next kind of 30 45 minutes um and then anton can you introduce yourself and Greba?
2: yeah sure so i'm anton i'm i'm an internet, internet entrepreneur since i was like eight years old or something i built my first site when i was eight and then uh at that point I, I knew i wanted to make money on the internet so that's my Like interest and then I've been around uh, working a lot with startups and e-commerce and different companies and um, for the past 10 years I've been running this agency called Gearbun, which is uh, an agency that's focused on basically two things so e-commerce solutions uh, and also e-commerce design so we really like focusing on e-commerce design and and all aspects of that and actually that's tech agnostics we work a lot with other tech agencies as well on, on that um, but also on 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 e-commerce solutions, and we were quite early on with with the focusing on the DTC and and DTC brands, uh, and we also were really early on with headless. So we've been we like get full buy and and focus on on headless already like for eight to nine years ago, before it even was a was a word for it. And um, on that journey, so we've been. Basically, we're uh, growing together with uh, the platform Centra and are the biggest Centra par- uh, partner in the world, uh, with more than 100 certified Centra developers. And quite recently, we started to work with with Copilot plus. Uh, so and we've done a few cases before yielding the work, but this was definitely the, the biggest and most advanced one yet. And it's really interesting, um, journey so far and and uh, it's been real fun. And uh, yeah, super excited to be on the podcast. I mean, we work currently entering the UK market as well. So this is super exciting to work with you, Paul, on other cases as well. But but in general, like really looking into how we can scale our agency together with the clients um, from, from Scandinavia
0: to UK and other markets. Great. And um, so, so slight sub question. So. Um, your background so Greban obviously uh, I'd say you know creative is a big part of your proposition and you know you're really strong from a kind of front-end design perspective is your background creative or are you more because you talked about kind of coming more maybe from a technology background that
2: yeah so the me and my co-founders has uh, everyone is developers and designers I myself is a little bit of both actually so so I've been I mean, I've not been the best uh, designer nor the best developer, but I mean, uh, I've been both coding and designing a lot. Uh, and I think the, uh, think we have really been focusing on the craft. So so it, it's been a core part of our culture that we are good at the craft and, and also the leadership of, of the agency are good at the craft. Uh, but I think that uh, I'm more into the creative side than the tech side, but I may be I think in in terms of how much I work with things, I have more work with the tech side. Yeah. So, so in our cases, I'm usually part of the solution architecture or system architecture type of, of role at the moment. That makes sense.
0: And then, Andreas, so first question for you, um, and I think you probably already kind of alluded to this a little bit, but um, what was your reason for moving away from Salesforce, Commerce, Cloud, and which platforms did you look at? So you mentioned there that, essentially, you were taking the e-commerce function back in-house. Um, was that a big driver, um, or, were, or was Salesforce already kind of managed within your team?
1: So, no, Salesforce work was, uh, yeah, on a daily basis a bit managed in-house from us uh, on the front-end side such, but not technically. And I mean, it's to build, uh, build something custom with, with Salesforce, it gives you all the possibilities in the world, but you need to have a really heavy uh, agency to help you or or a big in-house team or preferably growth. Uh, and uh, we looked into doing a bit of that, but um, so also we have a lot of wholesale in our business so it could help with incorporate it to other parts of the company as well, but we we're not really ready for that yet. Um, so to, to fill the needs for an in-house e-commerce platform, we looked at other solutions as well. <clears throat> they had come a bit far on uh, on one track already internally with doing a bit of a headless actually around Shopify as a order engine and then other parts around it, more custom built and API uh, setup. Yeah. There were different things. It was more custom. Yeah, yeah it was, was a bit heavy still for us. So uh, giving the short timeline also to go live was that Okay, can we manage to do it as, as we planned that the company has planned by that time, or and will it give us the right uh, uh, yeah, setup uh, for the near future or not? So we actually paused that or, or, or canceled that, what they've done so far in, in that project, uh, and then uh, had to procure a new platform. And just uh, like- we, we looked at other. Headless solutions as well. We looked at Centra for instance and we looked not deeply I'd say, but you know, we scratched the surface on okay who can take us where we want to go in, in this time period and for what we are going for. And we wanted to be not only you know a business driver, we also need to found a really cool premium experience. How can we do that? Amazing that bit of business. And um, in the end, it shall actually on top of
0: that. Your complete product discovery growth engine. Create relevant shopping experiences that convert into sales and grow online revenue with personalized search, merchandising, and recommendation solutions powered by AI. Find out more at attract.com. That makes sense. And um, had you already, so you talked a bit about you'd already started a project with Salesforce. So were you on site Genesis previously and then looking at going headless with Salesforce or were you doing the SFRA? No, I think we took, took
1: out Salesforce quite quickly because it was too big for us uh, to handle. We had time to do it because we, sticks, we were we were uh, upgrading our ERP. So we did all these three, three things at once that you normally don't do within the same fiscal year. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. Salesforce was off, but um, I, I see a lot of opportunities with it, of course, uh, and might fill our needs further down the
0: line. But no, to, to try uh, out and see how far it gets. That makes sense. There's a very common migration at the moment, Salesforce to Shopify, primarily due to the OpEx around Salesforce. Yeah. Um, And then Anton, so this was one of your first Shopify projects. And as you say, probably the biggest you've done so far, and the site is super strong. I think particularly, you know, the front end is very, very strong. So I'd urge listeners to check it out. Um, how did you find working with Shopify and Liquid after obviously working mostly with Centra and kind of headless, um, front end stacks?
2: Yeah. So what we. Uh, when we looked at at Hopify and in this case as well, like you know, we actually was uh, thought that if we should really be, be investing into the Hopify ecosystem, we need to do it natively as much as we can, and that has been a driver for both Andreas and his team and us that let's do it, uh, let let's bet on the Hopify roadmap basically. So, so actually, the, the the core belief has been to have it as uh, not headless, but actually like fully natively uh, open by and, and doing it on liquid and everything. And I think our experience is really good. I mean, it's been uh, we did the whole project, including design, in, in like four months. So, of course, that's that's really uh, been a great project in that sense. Um, I think that uh, the. The Copify ecosystem is really easy to connect with and, and the suppliers are really good. Uh, and I think that from, from the, our development team working with it, it's been, you know, I think our experience of more composable well and in some sense more advanced solutions has helped us establish us on Copify because it's I, I think the the uh, the technology. Uh, is is more easily uh, to understand, that more easily to work with. So, so, in general, I think that we, yeah, it felt quite easy to be honest. Uh, so it's it's been more that we have put a lot of effort into, you know, the last details that's been quite advanced for the and maybe not natively uh, inside inside Shopify. And I think that that's been the great part of the project that we we've been having the time to put. Effort into the last details instead of, you know, the common stuff that everyone is using. I mean, having a product with everyone using it, having a having a great navigation, everyone is having it. But maybe you know the the advanced quick shop solution that we really believe in at Unibert. That has been something we put a lot of effort in, and that has been um, the fun part of it. That we can,
0: yeah, the small details. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll come on to some more of those later on as well. Um, And then Andreas. So I'd imagine Jay Lindbergh is, you know, pretty global. And from the look of things, um, you have an independent US and then uh, your implementation covers Europe. Um, Firstly, is that the case? And then how have you found use in Shopify markets so far?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, the US site was launched uh, a year and a half ago. By the US team. They went also first time into Shopify then. Um, and it was been really good business driver for them, of course. Um, the European side I operate now, we also launched into Asia. So we launched uh, Korea actually as well uh, a month ago or so. Yeah, and, and the market setup that we chose to go with, of course, enabled us to do multiple languages and currencies, which is a big thing. If you are in Europe, right, uh, then you need to reach uh, outside of uh, your own home country. So that's that's really important to get that going. Um, and that was kind of, it was two, there was two things. that was talking against going Shopify in the beginning when we looked into it. It was that just these things. You, you cannot solve multi-markets. Yeah, very... Uh, sorry. It's very tough to uh, um do a good content um, presentation. You need to have another CMS on top of it. And if you do that, it's very hard with a multi-market uh, setup to um, to handle it. But I think uh, the way we step back and said, well, then let's not go to advanced uh, and really you know work with shopify possibilities instead of an, adding another cms tool or so made us to really use shopify um set up to to do markets and currencies in the best way possible
0: that makes sense and i think um markets has come on quite a lot recently from a content perspective it's just some of those bigger Pieces around like inventory and payouts and stuff like that that still need to be sorted out. But it's definitely, definitely, you know, the making logistics is not an issue for us. I mean,
1: not an issue I had brought to say, maybe, but we we did some fine tunings around the tools we we added into uh, handling returns. We are uh, using Arbar there. Uh, um, We're using uh, a local, um, what do you say, checkout logistics module. Uh, called Ingrid, Yeah, a checkout uh, that helps us to make a smoother uh, experience for the customer um, in this three-page checkout process. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, payouts and and currency is is a big thing, right? And uh, we're going to try out a few more ways to work around that.
0: Uh, So maybe that's something for a later podcast. Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, And then Anton, so coming back to you, and obviously, as you say, you know, your business is quite focused on Centra and you have been for a while. Um, I guess, you know, this being your biggest Shopify project, is Shopify a big focus for you? Shopify in, you know, the UK and North America is just skyrocketing. It's, you know, every there's it's obviously got a huge amount of demand around it. Are you seeing that in the Nordics and Scandinavia as well? And, you know, is it a big part of your strategy?
2: Yeah, great question. So, <clears throat> I, I think that Shopify has been lagging in in the Nordics uh, to start with that question, and I think that uh, we're seeing it taking off at the moment, actually. So, so I mean, a few years ago, Shopify was only for smaller stores and not like serious bigger companies, but now with um, Shopify pushing a little bit more into into Nordics and also with with more you know cases around, I think they they're doing great, and, and with a lot of Interest in in, in analytics at the moment. I talked with Hopify uh, yesterday, and they see a lot of interest. For example, in Denmark, in Copenhagen, um, but I also see it in Sweden as well. I from from German's perspective, I think that I mean we will continue being for for uh, focusing a lot on headless, and Copify will be part of our offering. But I think that in terms of, I think we will grow uh, our Copify offering and. And when we started working with copify the bet was basically that okay this is this is taking off we need to be part of this in some capacity and um, and i think our experience is valuable here and also that uh, in our copify cases i mean design is is like equal part of the budget as as, as, the, as the development so it's also a bet on our e-commerce design offering as well so so it's um that's the good thing with copify that we can focus a little bit more of the budget on the design part than the tech side because it's it's more standalone etc but i think that our strategy around hopify and Hopify plus is is uh, to be a little bit more enterprise type of agency we see a lot of hopify agencies you know with 50 people or 30 people that has really you know this tier of a retainer this tier of retainer, this retainer i think we have more of a enterprise type of offering you know with okay, where we really look at what you need and what type of team do you want around and what type of solution do you want. So so I think our strategy is, is yeah, we will do more copify but perhaps quite few, but quite big cases like like in Lindenberg. I think we are, when we look at the market, I think we have a much better market fit in the enterprise type of, of copify offering than for the, the smaller brands. And I, I think that's uh, I think we'll take over, for example, a few cop plus cases where they have grown a-, a few from their agency and where we take over. That's that's our belief at the moment, at least.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think um, the type of brand you typically work with, Centra and Shopify, are definitely the two that are growing. And yeah, seeing a lot of kind of uh, new cases in that kind of like maybe 25 million upwards brands. Um, and then Andreas, so I guess since you've been working with Shopify, so over the last few months, have there, have there been any things that you know, have been particularly good or bad for your team working with the platform? So uh, of the brands that we've worked with that moved from Salesforce to Shopify, things like the content management, scheduling, promotions, are like a few things that have been flagged by some of the teams we've worked with. How have your team kind of found, yeah, moving over and transitioning to Shopify?
1: Yeah, so some parts is a bit too manual still, right? Comparing to when you have something custom built or that is good good off the shelf solution, especially around campaigns and yeah. um, scheduling or content, etc. So that uh, that is, of course, we wish Shopify listens to this podcast. Uh, and then, of course, the the, the checkout in itself is for the Nordics, at least. Um, that was the biggest hit, I, I'd say. Uh, it took a while for the Nordics to, to bounce back. The Nordic countries in Sweden, Norway, Denmark, England. We were quite big. They're not used to have a three-page process. They're really used to that. Clarin, kind of one checkout out solution, very automated. Um, most, most anyone who's had ordered anything on e-com are uh, or, or kind of saved in the Klarna account, right? Uh, or Swinga or Clear or so. But, um, so that that is, is, is a bit tough, but we saw a very fast increase in conversion in in uh, more Shopify countries like UK uh, and Germany, etc. So and France also actually. So it was a bit win and lose, but, uh, this time went by wow. conversion came again. So it's more, war, more, more of a shock in the beginning. Yeah, I think.
0: yeah, that makes sense. I think, um, the payment, some of the payment stuff around the checkout, like particularly Klarna and that whole like experience, I think is something Shopify needs to open up a little bit. But I think obviously shop pay is getting bigger and the new checkout. So I don't know if you've seen the new single page checkout. Um, yeah. Jo- yeah. Joan Road Beauty is a good example of one that's barely big and live. Um, yeah. And that's a much better experience. But yeah, I- yeah. We were betting on that one, of course. We
1: heard the rumors about it. Uh, and there was a lot of talks uh, behind the since about okay, it will launch in the in the Q1, Q2. And then the news came out it would be during
0: this year. So yeah, we are thumbs like this for this one, right? There's uh, there are quite a few brands live with it now, and I think you, you probably could get access to it. But if you're you on the new checkout or the old checkout? I don't know which one it is actually.
2: Well, I think we're on the new checkout. Yeah, so, so I, th- I think we we might be able to access this, but but. Uh, uh, I think they're quite, knowledge is and like, prioritized market in, yeah. in, in the product line.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then, Andreas, so looking at your kind of uh, tech stack overall, uh, what are some of the key third parties that you're using uh, alongside Shopify? Like what does the overall tech stack look like? And then, I guess you talked a bit about an ERP migration as well. How are you managing the integrations as well?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, our ERP is... Um... Um, it's a central so, uh, the latest one we updated to in December then uh, we have uh, PIM system is uh, in river yeah uh, CRM tool is uh, Foyado. yeah so that was also kind of we, we used to use Foyado as well on the old platform but uh, this and they didn't have a Shopify actually connection. Before we went on it, so we're one of the first one to use it, and I say, okay, let's bet on that that they get it going, and uh, we could still continue using it. Um, we upgraded to that one, so still working with that. Um, what else do we have? Yeah, we have Ingrid at checkout. We have Narbar for returns. Uh, that not so much. We are procuring, uh, a procuring search tool, a merchandising tool. Um, Yeah, Uh, fit guides we are procuring as well so those are kind of the stuff that we couldn't fit into the project in phase one but they're part of phase two so uh, hopefully we'll roll out the new community Um, the JLindeberg Clubhouse uh, membership uh, now before summer and uh,
0: some of the tools will be incorporated there that may, that sounds um, that sounds great. How are you looking to do it out of interest? Like, how are you doing the membership? Are you using a third party for that? Uh, no, we're building it um, ourselves a
2: bit. Uh, yeah. Okay, it, it's little, way way way. kind of um, it's kind of not interesting. We do it ourselves, so it's it's more custom. But we do. I mean, it, it's putting together a lot of the different capabilities of the other systems, of course, like Viado and. I think it's trigger B as well, right right Andreas true true uh that's a lot of personalization type um and and the thing we do with uh, you know my pages and those kind of more is is it it's we're pulling a lot of data as well from business center as well as well so it's not only copy uh, focused and i think the the main goal is to really give a personal personalized like type of customer journey in the future and and i um yeah I think we're doing quite interesting stuff at the moment andreas in this capacity and hopefully we'll be able to access it in in a month or two
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i think yeah, we also want to build in our we have about twenty own uh, physical stores and a lot of consignment spaces so we want to build a more omni omni culture around this thing uh, as well so we have c two in our s p u s in our um, stores so we're trying to connect that into it as well to connect all the customer data into one place and uh to get to get the physical stores also to access the online history etc
0: so really tying it together uh, yeah yeah so yeah i think both of those topics could be podcast episodes in themselves but yeah i'm sure there's uh, some really cool stuff coming there um so maybe i'll start with you on this one anton because uh, i know you've got some um some thoughts on it but what was the scope from a design perspective? Because even looking at the US site and the European side, you know, they're, they're pretty different. And I think you've done a great job of like elevating the brand. Um, what was the scope from your perspective when it came to that kind of creative direction, kind of art direction piece, like how open was it?
2: Yeah, a great question. So <clears throat> actually the, 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 collaboration with Lindenberg started us that they procured us as a design agency. Uh, to do this kind of work, and then then it eventually became uh, a tech project as well. So so I mean that that's has been uh, the focus from the beginning. and and uh, I think uh, I think has been quite bold in this that they 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 started on, you know, they did a lot of things last year and this year. and one of the things they did was like a repositioning of the brand as well. So in in Scandinavia, everyone knows Yburg as both a golf brand and a fashion brand. But outside of innovate, most people use, only knows it as a golf brand, and that's something uh, the company wants to change a little bit uh, and become more of, of an equal fashion and, and, and golf brand, uh, and, and not only golf. Brid- I mean, bridge, the... Bridging fashion and sports is the quote. Yeah, exactly. And it's I mean it's it's more than golf at the moment. You know, it's a lot of ski ski products as well. So so it's it's becoming a more uh, adapting the brand and and the product line. And and I think the the bold move was to do different re- repositioning by doing it ecom first, actually. So, like the, we did a new digital identity for for the brand, and then we like really tried to push this type of custom journey and experience to to the site. And then uh, and it's been uh, and then from now on, we have actually you know that has been part of the marketing and the type of brand marketing, but also going into, so we're working a lot with Omni Channel and the store and the physical flagship stores at the moment. Uh, so I think that's a really interesting case of, you know, e first type of brand positioning uh, that has worked out really, really well. And, and uh, yeah, the design part has been super ambitious in this case. Uh, from, from our end, we had uh, more than half of, of like our effort has been into the design part. One key thing here that I want to highlight, and I think that the Hindenburg's team has been tremendous. Um, for thinking is that from day one, the, the the team has the all the stakeholders, like the marketing director, the IT director, the 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 e commerce department, everyone has been part of the project from day one. And that has been so it's more of a change management for the whole company, not only the e commerce department. And that's there's something. You,
1: even Nil the creative director,
2: uh, designer of all yeah. our connections, he, he was being part of when to get the ship out. So, I, so, I mean, that's been really, uh, I think that, that has been a, a new type of work environment for us. And I think the Jelineberg team has got so much more of this product than if it was only the e commerce
0: department that have worked with us. Yeah, I think it's it's very impressive that end to end you delivered the project in four months. Like any project, we would usually say the average migration shop by five months. And if there's like a true redesign and like you know rethinking of like digital brand identity, it'd be more like seven months. So the fact that you've kind of gone through that process in four months is crazy, really. Um, so that makes sense, and I guess. Um, um, one of the things that I was going to uh, say as well, that I thought was quite impressive about the site. So I, uh, see Jalenberg kind of as a golf brand, or that's definitely, you know, um, where I tend to wear the product and, um, yeah, where I see it most, but I do think the site, you've done a good job of positioning it as a fashion brand and particularly like the looks, which we'll come onto, to. And, you know, some, even some of like the way that you shot the product and stuff like that, it feels more like a fashion brand. So I was impressed with that as well. Um and then I guess so both of you, so maybe starting with you, Anton. So from a development perspective, what were some of the more complex bits of the project?
2: Well, I think I think the front end has been quite going smoothly actually. So so I mean we put a lot of effort in it, of course. But I think the the it's mostly been around integrations. I think when you're uh, you know uh uh, from the beginning, a Swedish brand, you want to use some of the of the vendors in Sweden, like you know, Viado and Ingrid and whatever, because we know their products are so good and maybe we've used them before it as well. And um, they are, you know, since Shopify hasn't been around here for so long and, and not been that big, they are they don't have been investing so heavily in the platform. So it's it's been you know, it's a little bit like we and Lindberg had tried to learn them how to use Shopify and and, and made it really. Of native integrations and not like unique integrations every time, so I think that that has been one of the hardest hardest parts from from our perspective from a more technical side.
1: But also to add to that is that some of the tools uh, are quite um, uh, experienced on the US market or the UK market, but not used outside of that realm. And that even if they were really close to Shopify there and then we choose some other local again uh,
0: suppliers to work have them to work together, that that kind of is, is a trick, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, I think um one thing that always impresses me and um hats off to Piotr for this, but I don't think I've ever spoke to a brand in the nordics or scandinavia that hasn't mentioned ingrid at some point pretty early on in the conversation so i don't know how he's done that but um yeah very very impressive but yeah we tend to see voyardo a lot as well and depict and it's quite interesting how you've almost got like a slightly different ecosystem over there and um, no. And then I guess, yeah, so coming on to the look section, so that's definitely, uh, you know, one of my favorite areas of the site. And um, the wild or mild filtering, I think, is great, you know, from both a brand perspective and a user experience perspective. Um, so was this new and is this used a lot? I presume, you know, it's talked a lot within kind of, talked about a lot within both of your businesses. Like, yeah, what kind of feedback have you had?
1: mean, it was uh, that that really st- out when we launched it like that this is not something seen being used like that or um, i mean you you use a lot of lookbooks and presentation connections or ambassadors or influencers but this was a way to okay let the customer choose what they want to be and be comfortable in in their own realm like okay i can play around with this and get inspired or i just want to go with the safe bets or what i want to use but okay let's experiment a little bit here and uh yeah in, in the e-commerce circle it was most talked about after launch of course yeah maybe not so much as
2: the all the white space we have on the website yeah, yeah. Put, putting everything below the fold so to say it's quite fun it's uh, every like company that's reaching out to us now oh we really like yeah. <laughs> this part of the site maybe we can have something for ourselves as well yeah, and I, yeah. but i think that the general idea and or or vision behind it is quite simple. That you know, the uh, is uh, is a really interesting brand with a lot of you know, posh of it, and you know, it's it's both like brand, it's it's a nice brand. It's fashion, it's sports, but it's also a lot of stories and you know, drops and a lot of. So so basically, it, it takes a while before you understand everything. So I think the, it's quite simple. If we get people to interact more with the site or with the brand. We get more people to understand this depth of the brand, and they will be more connected to the brand as well. So, we try to find you know more ways to interact with the site, and also interact with something else, in just one one product, but actually one look or you know one type of interaction. And I think that has been a good driver for the site. Maybe maybe it doesn't add like reconversion short term, but I think it, it drives reconversion too the brand attractiveness in some sense.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we could see people uh, in the beginning not really buying or it wasn't those modules we used uh, not converting so much but we pulled some actually new data in time for this uh, podcast and what we could see is that the ones that really interact with the module and and stay on there they buy uh, more full sets. Yeah. Uh, So we have the have the looks right so you can add the full look in, in in two clicks to the to the checkout, not to add them one by one. It was something we really played around with and yeah. figured so out. So you can add the full look to the checkout, and yeah. that really works super good for, for some customers. We sell more full sets now, and we we design more full sets as well. On the golf course, you can of just the time of the week you could really go out and show off your style and be that crazy guy if you want to and have. Yeah. crazy pants and crazy shirt and crazy hat or whatever and have fun, right? Um, and, and our design in J. Lindenburg is about being bold. So we have a lot of patterns, a lot of fitting uh, outfits that work together. So the way to find that this was really good. The other way we saw also is that we want to have the fashion customer that we have in, in, in the Nordics to buy more sports. And we want to have the sports customers down in Europe to buy more fashion. Yeah. So we're doing this crossover looks where we put them together in a more creative way. And we had a campaign running with this crossover looks uh, in in fall and that kind of spin over in, into this season as well. And that inspired a lot of people to ex- explore more of the website and more of the different categories and concepts we have. Yeah. So
0: that's yeah. helped us in a brand way as well. Yeah, I think it's great. I think um a lot of our clients have been investing more money in like in, like just making Uh, kind of browsing product more engaging more interactive and like you know trying to push discovery a bit more and I think that's exactly the type of feature that yeah people are trying to put more um, budget into I think um, it'd be quite cool to see you roll it out on a higher level collection as well so if you were to have I don't know like a new in or something like that yeah I'd like to see it um, further into the site yeah and I think yeah and Andreas, so starting with you, so last couple of questions, if you were starting the project again, what would you have done differently? And I'll come on to you in a second, Anton. I'll have more time to
1: background check, reference cases ah. with, with, with some suppliers that is maybe new to the market. I think... That was something was that was good as well. We dared to take the leap on, on, on a few of them that we didn't know that, okay, will this work good from the start or not? But in the end, it will give us so much more. So we dared to choose some that could deliver more on, on the long term. But the short term was quite
0: tough to get in place, yeah. Okay, makes sense. And then Anton, anything you'd do differently? Uh, I think that maybe we will have been
2: looking at the, at the physical flagship stores a little bit and, and look at the, how we can combine the customer experience more from the beginning. I think that if we had more time I think that would be would be nice you know to have more launch of this or of the, of the new experience in both those channels uh, from a DTC perspective, uh, and and I agree with Andreas about the, the third parties, maybe, you know, double checking a little bit how does this really work for all the markets, et cetera. Um, I think in, in overall, though, that the project has been really successful. I mean, we put all stakeholders in the same room for the right type of moments. We have had a great communication. We've been really aligned. Um, so I'm, I'm proud to say that this is, has been a, a really class act, a great project in many senses. And I think that the Lindenberg team and the Greben team has been pushing so much effort in it. And I think that's that what has made a difference in the end. So in general, I think that we, we did most things right, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, next. My, my my mindset in this project was that, okay, let's when we said, okay, let's go Shopify, and was like, okay, but let's not make it look Shopify, right? To be a little bit nasty about it. but So we wanted to make it look like this is custom built, yeah, basically. But it's all, all that not done in custom anyway, right? Just using the tools in a different way. And then with all the haters saying, you can't do this or this will not work. Okay, let, let's uh, break the ground and do the workarounds and to fix it. I don't like to say like the no's and the haters and like okay, because I tried to listen around with others, the dumb projects was like a bit disappointed where and there. And I was like, well, they all they just open up this. There might be an opportunity if we do it like this. If we use, use a third party service that can crack this thing, we could use that here. So uh, try to not look at Shopify as, as a very closed community that it's, it's like set in stone everything, trying to open up the possibilities and workarounds and try to dare more.
0: Yeah, I can imagine one of the biggest challenges you would have had is uh, so using markets across the whole, across every market. So we've we've had a couple of clients that have tried to do that. I think long term it will be a good move, but it's yep. got a lot of limitations when it comes to like the merchandising side. Obviously, DC like if you've got multiple sources of inventory, like all of that stuff. Um, yep. So yeah, I can imagine. Like I say, though, I think long term it's um, it's probably a good move um and then i guess you've already talked about you know like loyalty or kind of vip and a few other areas like the multi-channel piece but what else do you have in your roadmap like what else is coming up maybe starting with you anton
2: yeah so i, I mean i think that um, at the at, at the moment we work a lot with with like other channels for the work so some more of the the branding side and brand experience from a more broader perspective, of course, direct to consumer, but also some other capacities as well. So it's uh, it's becoming, you know, we work a lot with the with the marketing director and, and that team to and a lot you know around content and everything. And I think that's it it's really nice that Lindenberg has become more of a direct-to-consumer brand in that sense. Um but in general, I think that the, the from the site perspective, it's super exciting about more possibilities around personalization and working with, you no, know, trying to do a more advanced customer journey for different kind of customers. I think that Hillenburg has so much uh, depth in its its brand that we need to be able to have different kind of customer journeys, different kind. Of That's what I'm excited about, at least in, in the roadmap. What do you think, Andreas?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, now we get the, uh, the the brand experience, the business in place, the the hygiene factors are there. It, it's working pretty good. Now, now we can do more time into uh, uh, analysis, dot, dot, bringing the data and building that. What you talked about um, more, spending more time on that, and uh,
0: that that's kind of will help us for the build a future business. Fantastic. Yeah, I think um, that's all been super interesting. Yeah, really good to hear kind of how the project's been. Um, And then that's it for our questions now. Lastly, if um, people listening wanted to ask any questions around the project or anything, how could they get in touch? Um, Maybe start with you, Andreas. I'm still answering to
1: all call calls on LinkedIn. Uh, So they can reach out there or uh, it's andreas.koshnik at JLindenberg.com.
0: Lovely, and then Anton.
2: Yeah, so I'm Anton Johansson at uh, LinkedIn, uh, and uh, my Twitter handle is Agaton. So it's <laughs> it's, it's quite strange, um, and other uh, Anton at grabman.com, basically. So please uh, please let me know if you're wondering something. We are happy to to to
0: share what we learned along the way. Lovely, and uh, yeah, so thanks so much for joining us. Um, thanks as always, everyone, for listening. Um, as always, if you can help by following us and liking the episode on the main channels, that just helps to increase our awareness. Um, and then we'll be back soon. Thanks very much. For more information on this topic, head over to replatform.fm for our audio podcasts. To discuss a project, or if you'd like to chat about any of the topics covered in this episode in more detail, please reach out to myself, James Gurd, or my co-host, Paul Rogers, via LinkedIn and Twitter. Thanks again for listening and keep your ears peeled for the next episode.